Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we are going to be taking a very specific angle of a spotlight on multi-instrumentalist Rasan Roland Kirk. Now, we've already done a, an overall spotlight on Rasan, and if you haven't checked that episode out, please go back to the archives and check out that episode, edit, as it is a fantastic episode. But with this particular episode, we are calling it Rasanian Pop. That's right. And what you're going to find in this episode of Rasanian Pop is 12 pop covers by the great Rasan Roland Kirk. Now, these are not going to be covers of Charles Mingus tunes or Ellington tunes or even some of his original compositions that may sound uh, more pop-like. You're actually going to hear real deal covers of pop songs within the Rasan Roland Kirk filter. Because he is an artist that I do believe deserves a little bit more credit and I just think that his name needs to be brought up more, discussed more, uh, he needs to be listened to more. I mean, this is a guy who is who is blind, multi-instrumentalist, sometimes playing multiple instruments at once. And he's played with a lot of great musicians from Quincy Jones to Charles Mingus. If you've ever heard Soul Bossa Nova, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's the theme to Austin Powers. That flute that you hear, that's Rasan Roland Kirk. Yes. So, sit back, relax, and... Try to guess some of these great pop tunes within the 12 tracks that you're about to hear in this episode we call Rasanian Pop. Only here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Enjoy. Yeah, no. 
Yeah. Groove-tastic. So that track was High Heel Sneakers, written by Robert Higginbotham, and it comes from the 1975 album The Case of the Three-Sided Dream in Audio Technicolor by Rasan Roland Kirk. And it's got a who's who of just absolute killer players. So Ralph McDonald's on congas and percussion. Lawrence Killian is also on congas. Um, Sonny Brown, John Goldsmith, and the great Steve Gadd is filling the drum responsibilities. Uh, Francisco Centeno, Bill Salter, and Henry Pearson is on the bass. Um, Hugh McCracken, Keith Loving, and Cornell Dupree uh, is taking on the guitar roles. Arthur Jenkins is on keyboards, as well as Richard T. And the great Hilton Ruiz on Barry Sax, Pat Patrick. And of course, playing tenor sax, clarinet, flute, and trumpet, as well as being the arranger, the great Rasan Roland Kirk. Yes, and what a groove. Just, it's a Joel Dorn classic for Atlantic Records, 1975. Um,. Yeah, it, it's just, it it's so deep, the groove in this one, you know. <clears throat> Even um, Tom Jurek from All Music said that um, even with the charming tape-recorded ramblings throughout the tune, in between tunes, this was Kirk's concept and it works like a voodoo charm. Here's one for the revisionists, this record jams. So there you go. Um, yeah, just an awesome song. Uh, before that, we heard the great Lennon and McCartney composition, And I Love Her, which is an early Beatles song. It's not a later Beatles song. But that's because it comes from the 1965 album, before they went Sgt. Pepper and before the Beatles went all Technicolor. Um, so it was covered in real time um, by uh, Rasan Roland Kirk on his 1965 album Slightly Latin for the Mercury label. And there <clears throat> we have Manuel Ramos on percussion, Montego Joe on the congas, Sonny Brown on the drums, uh, Eddie Mathias on the bass, Horace Parlin the great Horace Parlin, on piano, Celeste, and vibraphone, Garnett Brown on the trombone, Martin Banks on flugelhorn, the great Virgil Jones on trumpet, and Rasan is playing tenor saxophone, Manzello Stritch, clarinet, flute, bagpipes, piccolo, berry sax, and siren. Believe it. And then we started off the set with the great Bill Withers composition, Ain't No Sunshine. Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. And <clears throat> that comes from the 1972 Atlantic album, Blackness. That's B-L-A-C-K-N-U-S-S. And, um, yeah, just an awesome... It, it's too short. That's the only problem I have with that, that, that arrangement of Ain't No Sunshine is that it's, it only clocks in slightly over two minutes, but my God, what a groove, flute-tastic 
uh, take on the Bill Withers classic by the great Rasan Roland Kirk. So remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, TuneIn, Podbean, whatever. So it's a free podcast. What does that mean? Well, that means <clears throat> that besides it just being a labor of love on our part to try to put out good vibes in the universe with a lot of groovy music, because we love this music here at the podcast, it also means that you can share this podcast with any of your friends or family that you think would dig this sort of thing. So please feel free to share. Tell them about it. Tell them they can find it wherever they find their podcasts. The Dr. Jazz Podcast, that's what it's called. And if you're trying to jot down uh, little scribble notes on a Post-it note or if you're trying to type in little uh, notes on your note app on your phone or whatever, there's no need to do that as the songs go by because we have everything already documented for you. We've already done the legwork for you. All you have to do is go to our website, which is Dr. Jazz Podcast. That's D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress Dot com And there you can find out every song, the album artist, and the album artwork in the order in which they're played for every single episode of the podcast. So that way you know what to go and look for in your local record store, hopefully if you have one. Or you know what to add to your own playlists or what to order. So there you have it. We are just trying to promote great music. It's an evangelical mission, uh, if you will, of love for jazz music. Um, <clears throat> that being said, you can also, at the top of the, po- uh, the the podcast website, click that little button that says Contact, and it will open up a blank box in which you can craft an email directly to me, and I will write you back. might take a little bit, but I will write you back. Okay? Guaranteed. Um, just no solicitations, please. You know. Um, that being said... That's really all the PSA I have, so I'm going to stop talking and let's get to some more groovy covers of this episode of the podcast, which is called Rasanian Pop. Don't go anywhere.
Yes, sir. So, that groovy tune might sound familiar um, if you're a fan of Henry Mancini. Because that is a tune that Rasan calls Jive Elephant. But it's truly just the melody in a very groovy way of Henry Mancini's Baby Elephant Walk. And it comes from the complete... Mercury recordings of Rasan Roland Kirk. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's Henry Mancini. We, we've all heard the little clarinet go up there in the higher register. You know, but you get it lower with the tenor saxophone, and you get the kind of safari drums. And then you also get the the double horn elephant call of. Wow! So, yeah, there you go. Henry Mancini, right? Jive Elephant. And for all my alumni friends out there, I can't say elephant without saying a hearty roll tide. Um, Before that, we heard the Tommy Edwards classic from the 50s. It's all in the game. And uh, Rasan Roland Kirk covered that on the album that we already talked about, Slightly Latin, from 1965, uh, and released in March 66. Uh, it, it's very cool because you really get Horace Parlin introing on the Celeste along with Rasan on just the tenor saxophone. You know, many a tear has to fall. And then he's he spells that out on the tenor, and then you hear this little twinkling, you know. Because the and, and it it really it's deep if you think about it, because it's a song about coming of age and of growing up and dealing with heartbreak and having to go through that before you find the right person in your life. So there's almost an, an an adolescent quality to it, and adding in the accompaniment on the Celeste almost makes it seem like a music box. So it's almost like 
you're a child, you're coming of age, you're dealing with heartbreak, and it kind of hits to sonically, just with the instrumentation, it hits to the message of the song, lyrically, even though there's no lyrics in, in Rassan's version. Um, this is probably, this song is probably roughly 10 years old by the time Rassan recorded this in 1965, uh, being a 50s tune. But, that being said, it it also symbolizes the shift from the intro between the celeste and the tenor, as I indicated before, like a music box, to where Horace Parlin goes to the piano, which is more of a grown-up instrument if you stop and think about it. It doesn't sound like a music box. Going with that as the accompaniment to Rasan. So... Yeah, just as the, the the different keyboards kind of came of age, you know, sounding kid-like to grown-up, so does the meaning of the song. So, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too deep into it, but it, it, it to me it's a very deep thing. And speaking of deep, uh, we started off the set with a Burt Bacharach, Hal David classic that was written initially for Dionne Warwick, um, I Say a Little Prayer. And that comes from the 1969 album by Rasan Roland Kirk, Volunteered Slavery, on the Atlantic Record label by produced by the great Joel Dorn. Now, of course, um, it's a groovy track, just on the surface. No doubt about that. Rasan could groove the shit out of some stuff. But... What is really interesting to me <clears throat> are all the little quotes and changes in direction on the head of a dime. Because musically speaking, I don't know, maybe you should go back and rewind this podcast and listen to that first song again uh, if you didn't catch these things. But there was a little Manteca quote on there. And it's so when you're taking that kind of tumbao rhythm and you're you're using that rhythm that was given to Dizzy by Chano Pozo and you're putting it in a Burt Bacharach tune made famous by Dionne Warwick in 69. That just blows my mind. And <clears throat> keep this in mind too. He also quoted Resolution from Coltrane's Love Supreme. And then he also goes through the whole cycle of Love Supreme. And yeah, that also... There's like this whole ideological meshing going on because it's, I say, a little prayer. Emphasis on the word prayer. Considering that a love supreme was Coltrane's prayer to God. It was an open, you know, kind of tone poem prayer to God. So that's pretty deep if you ask me. And I know that the title of this episode is Rasanian Pop, <clears throat> and you probably did not expect any kind of deep conversations or insights into these songs, but you can't help it. Rasan is just one of those huge minds. 
And if you actually listen and have someone kind of point it out to you, if you didn't already catch it, then it makes just that music richer, deeper, more meaningful. So, yeah. Kudos to Rasan, man. You know, it's just, it, it, it's, and it's a great album all the way up and down the board. Um, yeah, we might come back to this one. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, it's just, even though they're pop tunes, there's some great stuff going on musically. So, even if you are the hardened, seasoned, you know, jazz purist, you got to look at and listen to these and go like, you know what? Dude's got a point. So, I mean, it's Roland Kurt, man. It's Rasan. Who doesn't love some Rasan, right? All right. So, I'm going to quit talking. We got we are halfway through. We've got six more fantastic tracks and it's only going to get groovier from here. So, uh, if you have a quick minute to go on Apple Podcasts and click the five-star rating or write a quick little thing, you know, we are almost to that perfect number, and we would certainly appreciate it because, you know, we're nothing without y'all. So, that being said, let's get back to some more groovy music on this Rasanian Pop episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
probably already know what that tune is that's right my girl made famous by the temptations but written by Smokey robinson not everybody knows that part uh it comes from his night rasan's 1972 album blackness i already mentioned that album before b-l-a-c-k-n-u-s-s um yeah billy butler on guitar throughout the album cornell dupree as well uh, Dick Griffin on trombone, Arthur Jenkins on conga drums, Kabasa, Richard Landrum on congas and percussion, Keith Loving on the electric guitar, Charles McGee on trumpet, Khalil Murdy on the drums, Henry Pearson on the bass, Bernard Purdy, per- Bernard Pretty Purdy as well on the drums on the album, Bill Salter on bass guitar, 
Sonelia Smith on piano, Richard T. on piano, Mickey Tucker on the organ, and Habao Texador on the percussion. And, of course, great Joel Dorn is the producer. Rasan's playing flute, electric guitar. Yeah, he played that too. Gong, tenor sax, tin whistle, stritch, manzello, and vocals, as we just heard on My Girl right there. Before that, we heard the Stevie Wonder classic, My Cherie Amour. Yes, and that came from the same album that we heard I Say a Little Prayer from, Volunteered Slavery, another Joel Dorn-produced classic by Rasan Roland Kirk from 1969. Yes, yes, yes. I'm trying to tell you, that is a killer album, y'all. Uh, and then we opened with the mini Ripperton classic Lovin' You from Rasan's 1976 album The Return of the 5,000-Pound Man. And that featured, uh, let's see, Warren Smith on the guitar, Jerry Griffin on the drums, Matthias Pearson on the bass, Arthur Jenkins on the keyboard, William Butler on guitar, unsung great guitar player right there. Uh, Habao Texador yet again on the percussion. Uh, Hilton Ruiz on the piano and the Celesta. And Rasan playing tenor saxophone, Manzello Stritch, clarinet, flute, harmonica, and euphonium on this album. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Minnie Ripperton. Stevie Wonder, The Temptations, all in that set. It's incredible. And I also wanted to share two anecdotes with you. Um, and this comes from the booklet to the Rasan Roland Kirk anthology, Does Your House Have Lions? And this is something um, written by Stanley Crouch. And uh, it says, more than anything... Um, let's see. Is this the right page? Yes. More than anything, Kirk loved music, listening to it and making it. His love of listening led him to use his position at Atlantic to produce the first recording of Vaughn Freeman, the Chicago tenor saxophonist who had been a legend at the dark end of the street for decades. That love of making music by pulling together different elements into an alloy of play, heroic melancholy, and lyricism is also audible in The Inflated Tear, perhaps his masterpiece. Its use of tuned metal percussion of his three horns, of his most lyric tenor sound and line, create an experience that is all art and Roland Kirk. That is the sort of remaking so central to jazz and to Kirk at his best. However unusual something might seem initially, it fits within a natural form, melding the primitive and the refined. It is as self-made as the name he chose for himself and carried to the end of his life, a name that bespoke an authority with which no one could have easily argued. Joel Dorn remembers the change. Quote, We used to call him Roe, all the guys who were close to him. We always answered, he always answered to that. Always. 
But I called the house one morning and said, Hey, Ro. And he said, Rasan. This went on and on. Every time I called him one thing, he would say that other name. I didn't know what was going on. Then, after a few questions, he told me that his birthday had just been the day before and that he had had a dream. And God had told him that his name was now Rasan. That's pretty hard to fight with, the God backup. So, yeah, and I, I kind of agree with Joel Dorn there, uh, personally, that it's hard to, to argue with that. I mean, you know, this is a special dude, Rasan is. So, there you go. Um, another quick anecdote that I just wanted to share was that Joel Dorn recalled that when Rasan hired musicians, who usually weren't very distinguished, he would take them through Louis Armstrong, Sidney Bechet, jam them through Lucky Millinder, through Duke, jam them through all of the Giants. Then, when they left him, they had been schooled. They knew where the music came from, and they knew how the masters had done it. As abstract as Rasan might have seemed to people who didn't know him, he was very much about precision and clear, clear knowledge. He saw part of his role as being able to communicate history to his own musicians. Rassan would take the position that there is a history here that is dying, and that unless it's chronicled, filmed, or written down, the obscure little guy in this town or that town who influenced some important figure would never be known. He was disturbed by the fact that we weren't spending enough time finding out all of the connections that have human meanings in his music. So, yeah, <clears throat> I can actually sympathize with that very much because um, that's exactly what I'm trying to do, not necessarily on the same level as Rasan, but it's truly out of just a labor of love that I chose to even do a podcast to try to not only lighten up people's days, uh, but introduce them to, to great music, give insight about it, a little bit of history about it. Um, just because that this music means so much to me and I want it to mean something to, to the world. So I totally get that. I completely get that. Uh, and God bless Rasan for that. So uh, remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz podcast wherever you find your podcast. So if you'd like to share it with somebody who would dig this sort of thing, please do. Um, <clears throat> you never know. It could make their day brighter as well. So, and hopefully it's made your day brighter. That also being said, don't forget to check out the website where you can find each one of these titles, album artwork, etc. And that website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. And also at the top of the page is contact. You can click that, write to us, and we will write you back. Um, yeah, we have got one more really awesome set for you it's got three just awesome tunes so hopefully you've dug this episode of rasanian pop that's right pop tunes within the rasan roland kirk filter you're not going to find this on most podcasts so hopefully you've dug it um i know that we have so far so stick around for this last set of rasanian pop here on the dr jazz podcast
Yes, yes, yes. Whew, three really groovy tracks right there. So we started off the set with the Leon Russell hit, This Masquerade. No, not in the style that George Benson covered it. A totally different groovy style. But it comes from Rasan's 1977 album, Kirkatron, which was his next to last album before his untimely passing. And, uh, yeah, it fe- features so many great artists. Hilton Ruiz on piano, uh, Steve Teray on the trombone, Cornell Dupree on the guitar, Richard T. on the keyboards. Not to mention, Trudy Pitts is on organ on this album. Uh, Howard Johnson is on tuba. Charlie Persip is on drums. Buster Williams plays bass. Frank Foster arranges some stuff. Not to mention, it also features the great Todd Barkin on piano. I'm sorry, on percussion. And uh, yeah, Todd Barkin is uh, the guy who owned Keystone Corner. A very he's also the guy that kind of started the whole jazz at Lincoln Center thing. You know, Um, very important dude. Um, After that, we heard "Walk On By" uh, by yet again Burt Bacharach and Hal David. Comes from that same album. It's a great album, slightly Latin, from 1966. Um, Yeah, and later made famous by the great Isaac Hayes. And then we ended with the Marvin Gaye classic, What's Going On, Mercy, Mercy Me, uh, The Ecology. It's kind of like, it actually starts flip-flop from that. It kind of starts with Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology, and goes into What's Going On. And that, again, comes from that great album, Blackness. B-L-A-C-K-N-U-S-S from 1972 by the great Rasan Roland Kirk. So, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your day or your evening. You know, we are nothing without you. So, hopefully you have really enjoyed this podcast and um, trying to guess some of the pop tunes. And uh, even if you knew them right away, hopefully you dug them through the Rasan Roland Kirk filter. Because it's not a typical sound, it's not a typical filter, but it is guaranteed to groove. So, yeah. mm. Rasan's just one of those special, special cats. So, uh, hopefully you dug a little bit of the backstory on that. Like I said, if you enjoyed this music, please go back through the Dr. Jazz Podcast archives and find the spotlight on Rasan Roland Kirk. And check that out, because there is tons of great music of his own pen in that episode as well. So uh, let it be a companion episode to this one, or vice versa. So uh, thank you all so much again. Remember to check out the podcast website, uh, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com. Pass it on to any friends or family you think would dig this. Yeah, and thank you, thank you, thank you so much again. Uh, In the famous words of Duke Ellington, you are all very beautiful, very gracious, very lovely, and we do love you madly. And so, with that said, until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust. <laughs>